Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, ready to break down this five-game NBA DFS slate for you. But before I get into that, I need to start today's show on a somber note. Some unfortunate news in the Coach Talk family. Yesterday, as Coach lost his sister to a long battle against cancer. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Coach. Please send your good, positive vibes his way. Uh, our members in Discord certainly did yesterday, and I know that he really appreciated that. So we're thinking about you, Coach, with you and your family, and look forward to you being back in the booth here soon. In terms of DFS, uh, the team stepped up last night. Josh Crash Davis helped me with NBA. We both put out some uh, strong lineups on FanDuel that ended up cashing. We made some pivots during the slate. Uh, so glad how that worked out. And football was very positive as well. We were all over those Washington running backs and uh, enjoyed that uh, outcome as well. And let's get back after it here on this five-game slate. All right, so for tonight, we have, of the 10 teams playing, two teams involved in a back-to-back. We have two totals over 220, which is the new magic number for me this year. Um, big. Uh, slate of stars tonight uh, and very pricey but we do have some value at this point here at lunchtime so let's go game by game here and get you ready for DraftKings and FanDuel all right game one we've got the battle of New York Knicks and the Nets it's the first half of the TNT doubleheader it's tipping off at 7 30 eastern and this game is not overly attractive on paper we've got uh, the Knicks, with their slow pace, average offense, and improving defense, they're up to 13th. And the Nets, we like their pace and their offense, but they're playing much better defense this year. They're fourth. So you put it all together, there's a total of 216 here. Nets favored by six and a half. Island game for both teams. But the story here has to be Alec Burks, the new starting point guard for the New York Knicks. Unfortunately for Kemba, he's out of the rotation at this point. Uh, so Burks, I think we need to go ahead and just lock him in on both sites. Very reasonable price, around 6000 He's got the flexibility of shooting guard or small forward eligibility. And in that starting role against Atlanta, 39 minutes, put up 23 points. So I really like his uh, opportunity here to, to hit value again. He'll be chalky, but I think we go ahead and play him anyway. Now, quickly could also be worth a look in that backcourt, one that we've avoided a lot this year because of the crowded nature of it. But Derrick Rose is questionable again with the ankle. So if he sits, then quickly is still in play for me off the bench in the 4K range. He got 31 minutes against Atlanta. After that, I don't have much interest in the Knicks. We still need to know about R.J. Barrett, Gibson, and Noel. They're all questionable. Uh, but it's not a huge factor for me whether those guys play. It's really just if Rose sits, then I like Burks even more and quickly is is much more of a realistic candidate. Uh, you know, Evan Fournier is a little bit volatile. Randall hasn't been doing it lately. And I don't trust those bench guys, Obi Toppin, Grimes, if he's still in the rotation. Sims hit value uh, as a as a punt play off the bench, but I don't think we need to go there tonight. On the net side, Joe Harris is out, of course. So what we've got is 
uh, Bembry as the value play on that side. He's been starting and doing quite well. A little bit of everything. 4,300 on DraftKings, small forward only. And then on uh, FanDuel, he's got shooting guard and and small forward. This is actually going to be a slate where we might have more small forwards than we need, which is usually not the case. So we'll have to play around with that, especially on FanDuel, where we can move them around. But uh, outside of Bembry, Harden and Durant, what I like about their situation is looking at that last game against Phoenix, Durant played 45 minutes and had a monster line. I know Coach was playing him. And then Harden, 40 minutes and a triple-double. And those guys, you know, sometimes late, they'll get pulled early by Nash with four or five minutes to go. He'll throw in the towel to try to save their minutes. But if this, if this game can stay close and you get full minutes for those guys, then they're both in play. Expensive, though, uh, 11000 in general. Harden's only 10000 on FanDuel. So uh, that's going to be a real tough decision to make here with those stars. And we still have Steph and uh, we've got AD and LeBron coming. So a lot of high-priced stars tonight. Uh, with the rest of Brooklyn here, LaMarcus Aldridge solidifying himself in that center spot in play for me around 6000 I like on FanDuel, he can be a power forward or a center. Uh, Patty Mills, of course, if he hits the threes, he can get it done. With the bench, I'm not interested there tonight, but I do want to note with Blake Griffin slowly working himself out of the rotation, it's been James Johnson who's been the most consistent with minutes for the bigs. Five straight games with between 21 and 29 minutes. 3,400 on DraftKings is playable for me. For a GPP look, uh, he's too expensive for me on FanDuel at 47. All right, game two. It's the other game at 7.30 Eastern, Memphis and Toronto. And this total is only 218.5. Toronto favored by 5.5 at home. But this one is sneaky interesting to me. I think it's got some stacking potential. When these two teams played recently, it was 126 to 113 for Toronto. So nice, healthy score there. Jaw played 35 minutes in that game. With him out, that'll certainly shift the rotation a bit. But what I like about this matchup is we've got the great pace of Memphis. They're 30th defensively, uh, but their offense has been efficient. They're 12th. And then with Toronto, they've got a solid offense, uh, below average defense, and their guys play big minutes. Now let's start on the Memphis side specifically. With Jaw out, you've got to look at Tyus Jones in that starting point guard role. Very reasonable price on both sites. Uh, Dylan Brooks is also interesting. Uh, When they played last time, Barnes and company did a pretty good job on him. He only went two for nine on his threes. Uh, But he's only 5,800 on FanDuel. Uh, That's going to be a hard price to pass up in a, a decent game without Jaw. After uh, Tyus Jones and Brooks, I'm not too thrilled about the Memphis side here. Uh, Melton would be a strong candidate in this type of scenario, but he's over 5,000 on both sites, which I don't love. You know, he could certainly get it done, but at that price, I'm, I'm probably willing to pass there. Uh, Brandon Clark got 26 minutes in this matchup 
went for 16 and 8. I think that's worth uh, looking at, especially on DraftKings where he's 3,700. That's probably it for Memphis. Uh, Williams is questionable, by by the way. He's been getting some minutes off off the bench. Uh, But again, the interest here in Memphis is that it's an island game. Uh, that's, that's the time to play them. And then with Toronto, they've got the key injuries still with OG and and Birch out. Uh, you feel really good about the minutes here for Van Vliet, Barnes, Siakam, and Achua. The only question mark here is that Gary Trent Jr. is questionable with the calf injury. If he gets back in the lineup, that should put Svi McKaylook back on the bench. Um, but I like Van Vliet here, um, you know, a little pricey on DraftKings, but he's in a good spot. Barnes and Siakam, very solid here. They're the next two guys I'm looking at. Siakam, a little bit pricey on DraftKings at 8,500. But, you know, I think you can sense the makings of a, of a GPP stack here, which on a slate like this could be a three guys for Toronto, two for Memphis type situation. Uh, so, so keep that in mind. Uh, I know I certainly will for our GPP lineup that we give out. Uh, we'll have full FanDuel cash lineups tonight and GPP, and then same thing on Yahoo. And we'll have our DraftKings coaches clipboard with highlighted core plays and pivots. If you want to snag those lineups, jump in with us uh, through our website, dfscoachdoc.com. We'll send you an email and invite you into our Discord, and we give out the lineups about 20 to 25 minutes before lock. And then we would track things through the night as the slate progresses with the news and we make pivots as necessary and notify the members. Uh, that's it. I'm not going to play the Toronto bench tonight. Uh, I'm going to stick with those starters and their big minutes. All right. Second half of the slate. Let's go to game two of the TNT doubleheader, Golden State and Phoenix, what a matchup here. Golden State, 18-2. and two. Their two losses on the season are an overtime loss and a four-point loss in regulation. Then you've got Phoenix on the other side, 17-3, and three, and they've won 16 straight. These guys are getting it done on both ends, uh, and they're fast. What a combination here. You've got Golden State, seventh in pace, Phoenix, fourth. Their offenses are second and fifth in efficiency, respectively. The thing we don't like here is that their defenses are first and third, respectively. Uh, Nevertheless, we've got a total here of 222, Phoenix favored by two and a half. Could be a really exciting battle. Injury news here, Damian Lee and Iguodala are out for Golden State and Abdel Nader out for Phoenix. Now, as exciting as this game could be, it could be one of those, let's just watch it and enjoy it and not get much exposure to it. Because of those strong defenses and because of the price tags, you know, the theme here is is expensive. Uh, Steph is on our thumbnail, courtesy of Omaha Joe, looking like he's ready to drop another bunch of three-pointers. He's had three straight games with at least six, but 11-4 on DraftKings, 10-8 on FanDuel. Don't like his price tonight. In this matchup, if you look back at last year, they played three times. Uh... Phoenix won two of them. One of them you kind of throw out the window because Golden State sat most of their starters. But the the last game, I think, is one that we can look at. Uh, That one was higher scoring, 
122 to 116. Uh, but they did a good job on Steph. The, the leading scorer for Golden State was actually Andrew Wiggins. He put up 38 that game, and Draymond had a triple double. Uh, so Wiggins, you could look there, get a mid priced, you know, mid 6K range uh, guy to get some exposure to this game. Draymond is dealing with a bit of a back issue, and he's over 7,000, so probably won't go there. With the Golden State bench, Otto Porter Jr. has been stepping up lately. At the beginning of the season, neither coach nor I liked how he was looking. His performance was not strong. But in the last five games, he's had between 20 and 26 minutes, 18 and 10 last time out, uh, taking advantage of Iguodala's absence, mid-4K range, GPP option. I don't think I'll go anywhere else on this Golden State bench tonight. Pretty similar situation with Phoenix. Uh, Chris Paul got it done in that last match matchup last season, 24 and 10. Booker was strong with 34 and 7. Uh, Chris Paul here, assist leader in the NBA, 8,000 on both sides. I think he's my favorite play for Phoenix. Bridges is a another option in that mid-tier, a little bit cheaper than Wiggins. You want to get some exposure here. He really got it done in that last game with seven steals. The problem with Bridges, though, is that he almost always takes 10 shots or less. So you, you do need to rely on some of those peripheral stats. Uh, Jay Crowder is a potential GPP play. Uh, he did had some success last year as Draymond would uh, cheat towards the paint a little bit at times, and, and Jay Crowder would be left open for threes. But GPP, because uh, he can be three-point dependent, 3900 on DraftKings, though, is worth a look. And I'm not going to play Aiton or the bench here for Phoenix. Uh, that bench is kind of solidifying itself with the rotation with those four guys of Payne, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, and JaVale. And JaVale, uh, believe it or not, has been somewhat consistent lately, but now he's priced up. And in this type of a game where, you know, I think it really could be down to the wire, I don't I don't see the bench getting any extra run. So it's probably a starter or two here or a fade. All right, the next 10 o'clock game is Detroit and Portland. This game does not involve two teams who are hot like Golden State and Phoenix. In fact, it's the exact opposite as Detroit is coming in here with six straight losses Portland coming in here with three straight losses, including last night in Utah. They uh, lost by 22. Uh, but on the season, uh, Portland much better, of course. They're 10 and 11 compared to Detroit's 4 and 16. So Portland, the nine-point favorites tonight, total is 215 and a half. Uh, sort of okay on paper this game with the bad defenses. That's the key. Detroit's 22nd, Portland's 29th. And of course, Portland has a good offense. They're fourth. Um, and we do have some news to follow here. Frank Jackson is questionable. And then on the Portland side, Norman Powell is questionable. So let's start with Detroit. Uh, Killian Hayes is back in the lineup. And with Frank Jackson questionable, that is important because he had 28 minutes in the last game. 
And so if he's out, that'll open up a few more minutes for those guards and possibly some more usage for Hayes and Cade Cunningham. Cunningham is is worth a look here. Uh, I like how he got double-digit rebounds in the last game. I don't like his shooting numbers still. 33% from the field, 24% on three-pointers. But 6,900 on FanDuel against this Portland backcourt is worth a look, I think. After that, with Detroit, Jeremy Grant is the guy that's been making the headlines. He got over 30 points against the Lakers. 7,300 on DraftKings is is all right. But Covington should be uh, lined up against him for most of the night. And he could slow him down. So that's sort of a, a so-so feel here for Detroit for those guys. It's really Cunningham or Grant or pass for me. I'm not going to go to this bench uh, with Corey Joseph back there, Diallo, Josh Jackson. Lyles has been playing well, but I don't think you need to go there. Uh, with Portland, frustrating here uh, after that tough loss to Utah. Now they have to travel back home. Uh, Lillard just not quite getting it done here in general. Uh, you know, with these Portland Stars, the thing I do like is the last time they had a back-to-back, Lillard played 40 minutes, McCollum played 36, and Nurkic played 32. So there's a chance that they're out there enough against this bad defense to get it done. Uh, again, it's back-to-back, though, with a, a big spread. So not sure if they're going to pay it off or they're they're worth rostering, in my opinion. Uh, Nurkic is a little bit interesting, though. Mid-6K range. Center slate is a little bit bare tonight. So he's on my radar. And then with Powell, if he sits again, we saw last night Snell got the start, only played 16 minutes. Little came off the bench and scored 27, uh, or played 27 minutes. I do prefer Little out of that duo if you want to pay down for uh, some exposure there. And I got to mention Anthony Simons. Two straight games with 29 minutes and real strong lines, 19-6-2. Then he scored 24 points last night, only 4,000 on both sites. Definitely in play, and will certainly get a boost if Powell is out again. All right, last game of the slate. We've got the Lakers and Kings also at 10 o'clock Eastern. Following up their recent triple overtime game, where they put up a combined 278 points. So that will certainly skew the numbers a little bit if you look at those uh, fantasy point totals. But what I want to focus on is the rotation for the Lakers and who was out there. Uh, Russ played 51 minutes, LeBron 50, AD 49, Melo 43, and Monk 44. So I think it's fair to project those guys as most likely being out there down the stretch if this one's close. We do have Avery Bradley questionable for the Lakers uh, with a hand issue. He did play 18 minutes against Detroit, so if he's out, that could open up some more minutes for Monk and Ellington. Uh, the Lakers are favored by five here, by the way, and it's 227, so it's the highest total on the board. We really like the pace here. Just like Golden State Phoenix, we've got Two top 10 teams in pace. Lakers are second. Kings are fifth. And the Kings are bad defensively. They're 25th. 
So decent game environment here. My favorite play on the Lakers side tonight is LeBron. Since that uh, little scuffle in Detroit, he has been on a tear. Uh, you know, right around 60 fantasy points a night. And I just don't know who's going to guard him tonight because on the Kings side, uh, Harrison Barnes is doubtful and Mo Harkless is questionable. I think he would be the guy if he plays. Uh, but if he doesn't, then they're, they're just undersized here because the last uh, game they started Fox, Halliburton, Terrence Davis, and then Metu and Len. Len's going to go back to the bench because Rashawn Holmes is in the lineup. But I just don't think that lineup is going to work against LeBron because if Holmes is guarding DeAndre Jordan, Metu is guarding Anthony Davis, uh, who is it out of Fox, Halliburton, and Davis that's going to guard LeBron? I just don't think it's going to work. <clears throat> Maybe they'll go ultra big for a change here. Uh, Alvin Gentry, the new coach, why not put Bagley out there and uh, put Medu on LeBron? So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But no matter what, I just don't like the matchup there. I think LeBron... Uh, keeps it rolling. He's he is expensive, over ten thousand on both sites, but I'm willing to pay up for him tonight. Um, if I do that, I don't think I'll be able to afford Russ or AD. Russ noteworthy here recently. He's actually been limiting his turnovers, so that's a positive sign. And the Lakers need it because they're still five hundred here. DeAndre Jordan is also worth a look for me tonight. You know his minutes aren't great. And he only played 11 minutes against Sacramento in that triple overtime game. But again, that was Len starting. I think it's a slightly different scenario with Holmes. And I like that matchup for Jordan while he's out there. So he's worth a look as a, as a punt play. Uh, and then again, you know, Monk and Mello getting decent minutes. Uh, THT is always worth considering. On the Sacramento side here, uh, we'll wait and see about that starting lineup. Metu, I, I like his price. I like on DraftKings that he's 4,100. I don't like that Anthony Davis will, will likely be involved in uh, slowing him down. But uh, it's probably my favorite price of the starters. Uh, Fox just hasn't been getting it done shooting-wise. Uh, healed 6,600 on DraftKings, a little pricey coming off the bench there. And then we just don't know about the rotation of the bigs. If Holmes starts, uh, you've got Bagley, you've got Tristan Thompson, you've got Len. So I think we stay away from that that grouping uh, and focus on uh, LeBron as the, the likely strong play here. All right, that's the five-game slate. I hope everybody is ready to go here, get those initial lineups built. Uh, actually, the, sort of what happened yesterday is what we've always preached, where you listen to the podcast, uh, you follow the news, and then you make your adjustments late in the day. And that's what I did because Coach recorded the podcast, of course, uh, and then he got the news. So we had to take over. We listened to his podcast <clears throat> and uh, track the news up until lock and even after lock uh, when P.J. Washington was uh, moved to the bench. Uh, so I invite you to do that again today. Uh, get the lineups uh, set up initially here with this podcast. Check those starting lineups before lock. And if you want to 
uh, again, follow along with us, then jump in at dfscoachtalk.com. Any questions, you can reach out to us at dfscoachtalk on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much for jumping in here again today with me. Our thoughts are with Coach, uh, and we look forward to seeing him back here soon. All right. On behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.